I'm Jeff. I'm Kia. And I'm Craig. And, and we, we just watched Tucker and Dale versus Evil. Dale, what are you doing? I'm, I'm taking a crapper home. You mind if I help? He's making her dig her own grave. There's no rules out here. It's us against them. Oh, good. Look, your friends are here. <laughs> These kids are coming out here and they're killing themselves all over the woods. Don't, don't use that. Dale versus Evil now on demand in theater September 30th. It's true. We watched <clears throat> 2010's Tucker and Dale versus Evil for the Half-Ass Horrorcast. It was Jeff's selection. Jeff, tell us, why did you pick this film? Um, I saw it a long time ago when it came out, and I remember thinking it was really funny. And I wanted to watch it again. Yeah, I just uh, I also saw that it was like available on Amazon Prime, so I was like, oh, that'd be a good one to like do for the podcast. Uh, was it on Amazon Prime? Yeah. Oh, we watched it on Tubi, so um, we had we had like commercials and everything. We I didn't oh, even check Amazon Prime. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you haven't revisited this since you watched no. it originally back in back in the day. Yeah, I think I just watched it like the one time when it first came out. But I was watching it going like, I don't know how long of a conversation we're going to have about this because I, I don't really have much to say about it. <laughs> <laughs> it is a little straightforward, but I, I think yeah. we'll have a little bit to ring out here. Yeah. Um, Kia, you, you said you think you've seen it before. Well, you've shown it to me before, like yeah. early when we started dating. So it's been a while. Yeah. But I hadn't seen it before that. I just heard of it. And it was one of those movies that I never was interested in. Right. Like... I guess I thought it was going to be kind of like a throwaway silly movie. So it never, you know, got my attention, but you showed it to me and I didn't, I honestly didn't really remember the movie and I didn't remember if I liked it or not. Right. So this, I was seeing it for the second time, but it was basically like seeing it for the first time. Yeah. I, I, I guess for me, it would have been technically the third time seeing it when we watched it recently for the podcast. I remember being really fond of it the first time and, and really wanting to show you when we first started dating. Mm -hmm. um, uh, but I, I have some thoughts oh. this time around. So do you want to do a synopsis, Jeff, or do you want to let Kia just read the IMDb um, synopsis? Well, I'll try a synopsis, and if it doesn't work out, we can just read it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, uh, so um, it's sort of like a reversal of the typical, the stereotypical teen horror movie where like these teens go out to the woods and there's these two rednecks that live in a rundown old shack uh but it turns out the two rednecks that are in the old shack are just two nice guys who are trying to fix up an old house in the woods as a summer home and then the yeah the uh the college kids um you know let their fears get the best of them and a lot of accidents happen that end up making it look like the the two redneck guys are at fault, but it's really just a lot of bad luck. It's yeah. like a three's company horror movie where it's just a comedy of errors, I guess. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> a comedy of Good terrors. Call. Comedy of terrors. Yes. <laughs> Jeff, you want to kick it off? What, what, what did you, how'd you feel watching it anew? Um, I remember the first time seeing it thinking it was really funny and clever. I still see, I still still get it. It's like, clever and stuff but i think just because i'd already already knew what was coming like it wasn't it didn't seem as funny the second time around 
Yeah. Um, but again, that's just because I already knew what jokes were coming. So, um, but it's a, it's a, I think it's a pretty fun take on that whole idea. It's, it, you know, where, you know, these two guys, like, you know, it makes you think like in other horror movies where these guys misunderstood and, you know, <laughs> it's chance. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Kia, it looked like you had something you wanted to say. Oh, when he was saying it, it wasn't funny. I was just remembering the, the gag at the, um, when Tucker and Dell are driving and Dell is Alan Tudyk is Tucker, right? Right. Okay. So when they're driving at the, towards the beginning of the movie, um, they get pulled over by the, they're drinking beer and the police pulls them over oh. and Tucker drops his beer, I guess. And Dell like leans over to help him. So he's like, has his head in his lap <laughs> <laughs> and then his head gets stuck. Something gets stuck. And when the police get to the car, he finally gets unstuck and sits up. And for some reason, somehow his entire shirt has come off his body. Right. And so it looks like he was just giving this guy a, a blow job, I guess. And he's yeah. also wearing a hat that says giver on it. Yeah. <laughs> and in the trivia, it said that that was his idea to wear the hat. I just thought that was, Oh, when he sits up and he has no shirt on, it's just, it's just like, how does that happen? It was just, cause I went into the movie going, I don't really want to watch this again. I'm probably not going to like it. So I kind of went in there being like, I'm not going to laugh at anything. And that I laughed at that. That got me because it was really funny. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I do think the gags are very funny. They're, they're, they're very on the surface. I, I think a lot of people want to claim this is a satire when it's straight up a farce. Like it, it's mm-hmm. just silly and over the top and just trying to make you laugh. I don't think it's really trying to make you think that deeply or trying to mm-hmm. play around with genres that much or anything like that. Um, so if you yeah. just look at it as, you know, just funny and surface level, I think it totally works. But And you, you don't know. have to think that deeply to get the point. I mean, it's pretty obvious the preppy college kids are very judgmental. Right. And it's pretty also obvious that all of this probably could avoid it if people just communicated. Sure. Um, <laughs> so to, to include when, you know, when the blonde, uh, like the female lead, when she falls off the log into the water, yeah. right? Um, Dale and Tucker rescue her. Uh, they're rowboating, you know, they're fishing and they see her fall. Um, when, when they rescue her, they yell to the friends, we, we, we got your friend. Instead of saying, you know, hey, your friend fell and we rescued yes. her. Do you want to help us? You know what I mean? Like there's no like exchange. It's yeah. just straight up we will act, yeah. you know. But in the moment, I guess you could justify someone being excited and just saying, we got your friend. You well, know, they do and, that more than once because they also carve on the rock at some point. We got your friend. <laughs> it's just <laughs> yeah, it's a little fifty-fifty it's not, sometimes. Yeah. It's it's not maybe quite. Maybe we all mean no harm. Kids. Please come <laughs> right. pick up your friend. <laughs> um, yeah, then later yeah. they try to do like that therapy session thing where they she sits down <laughs> with the two guys and like neither of them really tell what happened. Like they don't tell their side of the story, but she's like, "Okay, you tell your side of the story," and he's like. The, the the mean preppy kid is like telling some story about what happened to his mom years ago, mm-hmm. and then he goes over to Dale, and Dale is just like, "Sorry, that happened to your mom," and uh, <laughs> like he never explains like what ha- happened to like be like this is all just a big misunderstanding. We we're just trying right. to help your friend. Like, <laughs> yeah, we never meant have, you any harm. Yeah, should have just you know they don't have very good communication skills, as you were saying. And, um, and she literally, uh, sorry, the, no, the, the lead, Allison, I think that's her name, literally says, I want to 
you know, get my psychology de- degree so I can help people communicate or something right. like that. <laughs> so, and then, and then after that fail, she's like, I'm a horrible psychologist or something <laughs> like that. Just, okay, so to set it up a little bit, Dell and Tucker are moving into this creepy cabin, but it's just a vacation home, so it's Fixer not upper, theirs. Yeah. So it has these weird things hanging from the ceiling, which I think is supposed to make the viewer think maybe something is going on here, maybe it's supernatural or something. I've never seen the trailer, so I, that's what I just assumed. Mm. Um, or if I did see the trailer, I don't remember. So it looks creepy, so when the kids see the cabin, they think, oh, these hillbillies, they're extra dangerous even though the hillbillies are there to make over the cabin and kind of restore it. That's actually a good point. If it was like a nice little summer cottage (laughs) that was like painted blue and you know what I mean? Looked all like a tiny house situation. uh, This would have gone over much differently. If only they'd shown up like a week later, you know, but it's creepy. And for some reason there's always fog like right around the house. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, run down in the evil dead cabin. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Without a doubt. (laughs) And, I mean, we, we, we get some of the college kids impaling themselves on yeah. uh, tree fallen trees. We, we have a kid uh, jump headfirst on accident into a wood chipper. Um, <laughs> I have another kid that accidentally shoots himself in the face. I mean, they, they mm-hmm. all just accidentally kill themselves, essentially. The, the hillbillies have very little to do with their deaths. Yeah. Um, I think the first kill is the, the funniest, probably, mm. because they're sneaking up on him and Tucker is cutting tree logs with a chainsaw so that's whenever you see a chainsaw that's never good and he cuts into a tree and it's like all these bees start swarming yeah so instead of just turning the chainsaw off and putting it down he just runs around (laughs) the woods like leatherface with a chainsaw (laughs) and a kid thinks he's chasing him so i think that the real funny moment is when they're running side by side and i think Mm. the kid maybe then realizes he's not chasing me we're running together and then that kid runs impels himself on a tree limb because he's not watching where he's going. I think Tucker also has a moment where he's, like, confused on why a college kid is keeping (laughs) pace with him (laughs) as he's running from bees. Like, he kind of looks over at him like, why is this, who is this guy, you know? Like, it's it's a nice little comedic beat. And when the kid impels himself, there's, like, one little bee that flies around his face. And I think it dawns on him as he's dying that's like, oh. Yeah. Hmm. Well, and that kid, the first kid that dies is, like, the only sensible college kid (laughs) other than Allison, right? Like, he's the only one that's like, I'll go talk to him. That's fine. Like, I think we're blowing this out of proportion. (laughs) And when he gets straight up murdered, the other college kids are like, oh, all bets are off. Because, like, the one sensitive guy that tried to talk to them got got straight up killed. So, (laughs) yeah. So that, that is a good point. That's, like, the moment that it really you know escalates quickly so and unfortunately he doesn't live long enough to be like guys right i think i made a mistake right (laughs) and does uh does tucker even realize that kid dies because i feel like he never mentions it later he's just like (laughs) but he because he he keeps running and then like as he never saw that he impaled himself on that tree i I think eventually they might figure it out i think one of them in the moment finds him it might have been dale and I, and I guess one of the major conflicts, too, and Kia kind of already mentioned it, is that the leader of the college kids has a past that's kind of um, like his... Oh, that, I'm sorry. I was just going to say his origins are, you know, his mother and father had a, had an encounter with killer hillbillies, the stereotypical hillbillies from horror movies uh, that killed their, their camp. Yeah, You know, like uh, they were college kids camping and hillbillies attacked them and... 
you know, assaulted his, his mother and, and killed his father to the point where they didn't even recover his father's remains and, and the whole thing. So this college kid has it out for Tucker and Dale very quickly. I mean, he, he yeah. sums it up that, oh, I'm not going to let this happen again. So it kind of gives you a little bit of more uh, emphasis on why he ha- he's so driven to get rid of these guys. Yeah, he really becomes the, the true villain right. and the scariest person because even when they decide to go to the police, he's like, no, guys, that's not the answer. We don't go to the police. He becomes unhinged. Mm-hmm. So he's the real evil. And also uh, still being a a fan of are you afraid of the dark the, like the the two like dale and the leader of the the college kids like the bad guy they were both on uh are you afraid of the dark when they were kids oh nice <laughs> yeah. i i saw that uh dale the actor that played dale was kind of a child actor um originally and kind of grew into comedic <laughs> roles and stuff like that um the director is eli craig i think is his name um, he also did Little Evil, which Kia and I watched oh, yeah. and liked a lot. Uh, it's kind of like an Omen playoff. Yeah, I think the Eli Craig guy has gone on to do some more horror comedy. And I think he directed the the pilot for Zombieland. They, they tried to do a TV series out of it, but it never got picked um. up. So, yeah, and I, I did, I couldn't help but, you know, look him up. And just, I was curious if he had any Southern roots at all. And he was born in Los Angeles. So <laughs> I was just kind of curious if he, you know, if it was kind of a response to stuff. You know, maybe he was from the South, but... Not this, quite. This is probably one of the first, if not, well, I don't know, first, probably the, the only movie I can think of where in a horror movie, hillbillies are not the bad people. Not all of them, I guess. Technically, I guess there is a bad hillbilly in the past. Right. Right. But the the star hillbillies are just, they're not villains. Right. They're, they're sensitive. eating people. Yeah. And pretty normal guys. Yeah. Right. It's funny to think about this as a response to that subgenre, right? Because you have like movies like Deliverance and uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre that kind of like implanted this fear of the woods and of Southerners and everything and, and mainstream pop culture or whatever. Because like before that, it's like, you know, Andy Griffith show and Green Acres. And like, I, I kind of feel like people thought the South, as far as mainstream pop culture, mm-hmm. is like this, you know, funny goofy place or whatever mm-hmm. and then that kind of turned it on its head where city slickers were maybe a little more scared to enter mm-hmm. the south i mean th- this escalates to the point where virtually every college kid is killed except for uh allison and the leader that's kind of a psychopath right mm-hmm. um it, it goes to the point where it's revealed that the leader of the college kids actually is the product of a rape from his mother and the, the psycho hillbilly. Yeah. So he actually has lineage. So it kind of comes full circle and becomes a weird stereotype of, you know, the hillbilly that's psycho yeah. or whatever, because he has the actual seed of He's half hillbilly. Right. <laughs> and uh, they go so far as to uh, he gets burned and he becomes disfigured, which is mm-hmm. like a classic I guess, like, motif of slasher movies, right, is uh, the the villain is disfigured somehow or isn't normal-looking. Mm-hmm. So they, they go there with it and um, have a final showdown between basically Dale and the psycho mm-hmm. college kid. Um, and uh, I, I do think it was kind of fun when they abduct uh, Tucker 
and they cut off like his fingers and like <laughs> like you know like use it as like a calling card, I guess, to like threaten uh, Dale to say you know to show the college kids mean business and stuff like that. Yeah, and Dale and Allison are just hanging out, literally playing board games, right. and they think her life is in severe danger. And when she she gets accidentally knocked out when one of the kids tries to save her. And when she comes to, Dell is like, your friends are crazy. They're trying to kill us. And she's like, I don't believe it. Mm. And so that's she goes outside and sees a couple of dead bodies. And then she sees this package, and it ends up being Tucker's fingers. And then she's like, <laughs> maybe my friends are crazy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah it's, uh, <laughs> another part I thought was funny was that uh, Dale gives Allison these clothes at the beginning when like, he first like <laughs> rescues her and she's like well let me work on these and she like yep. sews them up to look sexy <laughs> and she's got she like, the midriff showing and the, the pants are undone and she did that after she distinctly was like I don't have any fashion sense either and then she immediately alters his pants right I don't know how she joke, got I his guess. pants to fit but they were like skinny jeans on her almost yeah. and she ties up her shirt so she kind of looks like I don't know Ellie May or whatever her name was. And mm. was it Green Acres? Is that where that's from? Uh, I don't know. And for some reason, they're, they're like unzipped and unbuttoned. And they're like, you know, which is, I'm like, how are they staying up? But. <laughs> <laughs> well, the hillbilly lead, Dale, mm. is kind of, you know, overweight. He thinks he's unattractive or whatever. So he thinks he never will have a chance with this Allison girl. But they end up probably unlike a lot of horror movies where the leads are usually both models mm. they end up actually falling for each other right. and so he does get the girl and he does he does it just by being himself it's true really which i think is nice it is nice although you could argue in comedies somewhat common for the schlubby yes, guy to end up true. with a really overwhelmingly yeah, attractive lame. woman so it would be interesting if the if the girl that he found attractive was not typically attractive that would be better Mm. If it was another girl, that might have been overweight. But it's always a skinny blonde. She could have been like the outsider of the college group because there usually is someone like that in a group like that, uh, mm. where it's like the uh, you know the kid brother or kid sister that showed up. Yeah. You know, I don't know. But I mean, it's a comedy. It's a yeah. farce. Yeah, you know, I think it worked as far as that goes. Um, I did. I love the gag too with uh, when Tucker. Uh, had different fingers sewed back on. <laughs> it was like obvious that they 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 chose the wrong fingers uh, out of all the body parts that were available because um, he has like you know females uh, like painted nails. One of the yeah. he's like yeah, it looks a little different, you know, and it's it's kind of nice. Yeah, he's like I don't remember this finger looking like that. <laughs> There's um, some, cool. a couple of interesting trivia's on Let's hear a. It. IMDb one it says Alan Tudyk came up with the idea to pour beer in his face to treat Tucker's bee stings. Oh yeah, that was a nice um, moment. It's like he, the first line of defense. He yeah he did that I think for his hand yeah. too. He always <laughs> rinsed off the blood or whatever with beer and then would drink it. It's, it's, it's funny in movies sometimes you see people use hard alcohol to do that like liquor uh, is as a disinfectant, but I've never really seen the straight up beer used. <laughs> Um, maybe they didn't have any running water since it was kind of a just Could an be. abandoned cabin. <laughs> Not abandoned, but, you know. Um, it says, when Dell and Tucker save Allison from drowning, they shout out, hey, lady. This trivia says it's a nod to Jerry Lewis. I think I caught that. <laughs> oh, you did? Yeah. Yeah. The first lady. time. <laughs> I was just, you know, hanging out. And I thought about the beginning of this movie 
where there's a reporter, two reporters are killed. Because I thought the um, Chad, that's, of course his name is Chad, that's the, the crazy preppy kid. Mm-hmm. I thought he died at the end. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't, apparently, because he's, he kills, there's a scene at the very, very beginning when reporters are reporting on this massacre that's happened. And they get killed, and you see half burned face. Right. And I totally forgot about that scene until I was just hanging out and I was like, wait a minute, was that Chad? Cause I thought he died at the end, mm-hmm. but yeah. So did you guys catch that? And I was just Jeff lost. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I remember the scene at the beginning where the reporters show up, I guess it was like, I guess he must've, uh, survived at the end somehow. Yeah. Yeah, I guess, you know, that's again playing with like the trope of the killer lives, uh, you yeah. know, type of deal. And there could theoretically be a sequel type of situation. Yeah. But I had just forgot, forgotten about it because when he he falls at the end, I, I thought he was dead. And then I remembered today that, oh, there's an earlier scene. So I guess mm-hmm. he does. And so now he's the new, just like his father, he's now the new, I guess, killer Memorial Day killer. I think right. that's what. Yeah. So he's following in his hillbilly father's footsteps. <laughs> I do think there might be like a cooler movie to be made about this trope mm-hmm. because it's still a prevalent, you know, thing in, in horror movies uh, to go into the woods and the, the, the yokels uh, terrorize the suburbanites or whatever. It's, it's still a big thing. So I think there could be like a sophisticated kind of get out type of movie made about that subgenre um, that hasn't been made yet that I know of. So that's still like territory. a more serious take on it. Yeah. Or? Like, I mean, yeah. it's still kind of funny and it's it still has its moments of humor, but it's it's a more serious take on that idea. Like, why are we so scared, uh, you know, um, as regular people vacationing and from the suburbs and everything? uh uh, you know, you just Deliverance. Have you guys seen Deliverance? I've never seen it. Yeah, never watched it. Oh man! See, I almost picked that. I was going <laughs> to pick that as our next uh, movie, but I, I kind of shied away just because I think it's so close to some of this material that it may not, uh, you know, it might be kind of doubling down too much. I think people are so scared because of Hollywood, right? Like Hollywood's ideas, I guess, of what hillbillies are, and that's kind of become accepted in pop culture, I guess. Yeah, to a certain extent, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like Appalachia, especially. Yeah. Like you think of people that are isolated. and Yeah, that <laughs> don't interact with the regular people and everything. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, th- I think there could be a more sophisticated take on this that would be interesting. But um, Real quick, when we were watching the movie, you pointed out to me that there was another cut of this movie, that it's oh, just yeah. from the college student's perspective. Yeah, I think there's like a DVD extra that I vaguely remember um, where you can you can watch like a smaller cut that is just literally from their perspective, so you never see the <laughs> other side of the coin. So you can kind of see where yeah. they misinterpreted things and everything. So. I can I think you kind of get that point from this movie, right? Um, so it's a little yeah. unnecessary, but it's a fun idea, yeah, for sure. like a fun exercise. So let's let's grade it. What, what's everybody going to give it? Um, I'll give it a B. Yeah, it's a. It's a it's a f- fun, solid comedy. I'm going to say B2. Yeah, I... I oof. 
I agree. I'll just I'll go straight B. That, that sounds good to me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah for sure. So a B for Tucker and Dale versus Evil from the Half-Ass Horrorcast crew. Mm-hmm. Enjoy. Seek it out. It's on Tubi and on Prime if you want to watch it without uh, commercials. So enjoy. <laughs> I'm Jeff. I'm Kia. And I'm Craig. And, and we, we just, just reviewed Tucker and Dale versus Evil. It feels no emotion. I want you to get out of the water. It does not kill for pleasure. They spend half their lives looking for food and the other half eating it. They don't care what it is. And it has never singled out a specific human victim. It's not food he's after. Until now. Lorraine Gary and Michael Caine. Jaws. The Revenge. (laughs) This time, it's personal. Rated PG-13. Starts Friday, July 17th at theaters everywhere. Hi, this is Lance Guest, and you're listening to the Half-Assed Horror Cast. I, uh, I did not do trivia today, guys, but I have a topic that I thought we could briefly discuss. Hot topic. <laughs> <laughs> um, this, this is seeded with the idea of, um, Jeff, you, you messaged me this past week. And uh, the Halloween Kills trailer dropped. Mm. And you were like, hey, did you watch the Halloween Kills trailer? And I was like, well, no. I'm kind of, you know, I'm kind of backing off of it. I think I'm going to try to go in pure like I did for Halloween 2018. That was fun last time. And Jeff, you were basically like, well, I kind of wish I had done that because it gave away quite a bit. And Yeah, it was basically like a two-minute summary of the entire movie. It, it, uh, It showed like... Basically, just like here's the plot of the whole movie. Here's kind of mm-hmm. all the the major beats. Uh, here's just like a snippet of each scene. That's how it felt to me. I was just like, well, I guess I'm gonna have to see it now. And they gave away a few of the kills, and I was like, all right, well, should have well, known this was coming. But well, that's what uh, you know. After I watched the 2018 Halloween, uh, and I went and watched the trailer, and I was like, man, I'm really glad I didn't watch uh, the trailer or whatever. Like, I think I was rewarded a lot for not going into that. Because, I mean, even, like, little things like uh, how they use the mask from Halloween 3, um, that that was awesome to discover in the actual movie and not see it on the trailer yeah. first. You know, like, I thought that was really cool. Um, so, so anyway, uh, this this escalated on online, as it does sometimes, where the editor-in-chief of Fangoria basically wrote an open letter chastising people for complaining about spoilers and trailers, where he said, basically, you know, people, horror fans need to stop clutching their pearls because if you start whining about spoilers, studios will get shy about showing us things, and then magazines like Fangoria won't be able to have images for their magazines for the articles we write. And he cited back in 1998 how when Godzilla the American version of Godzilla came out. That was like the height of spoiler mania when, you know what I mean? The, the beginning of the internet and their studios were worried to death about their movies being spoiled, that they didn't release any press initially for Godzilla, like how the monster looked or anything like that. So I think it was entertainment weekly printed, um, an article about actually I've forgotten the magazine, but anyway, he cited a magazine article that basically had to be written without any images whatsoever from the movie like that was some huge deal or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, you can show a picture of Michael Myers and not 
spoil the movie. Like, I, I just, yeah. <laughs> and I, something like Halloween also, you could just put a pumpkin up there, play that music, and say, we got another one coming. And that's all you have to do. We already, everyone's familiar with this. We don't need, do you know what I mean? Like, that's enough to get people to go see this movie. I, I feel like we had the same conversation in 2018, because <laughs> I think you're totally right, yeah. Kia. Like, I think they could literally show a rotting pumpkin and had that music kick in, and that and then, would just and then show Michael Myers walking oh, down the street. Man. Oh man, people would be like, "Oh, be fuck, awesome. it's back!" Yeah, and that, that's all people would need. Yeah. And like anyone, I think in, if they did, if they redid Nightmare on Elm Street, right? And you just hear that music, you see that lettering, Nightmare on Elm Street, the house, mm. and you go, Robert England, one more time. Sure, that's all you would need. You wouldn't even sure. need yeah. anything else for yeah. me, at least. <laughs> and a creative person can cut a trailer that doesn't give away the plot of the movie and <laughs> yeah. show each scene in order that it comes in. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it just seems, like, so lazy to me. Yeah, because I saw the Halloween 2018 trailer, mm-hmm. and so everything that happened, I already knew what was going to happen. There was really no jump scare for me. The same with, um, Jeff, I don't know if you saw that movie Freaky with Vince Vaughn. No, I never saw um, that one. Oh, it's a it's, great one, Jeff. It's really good, but that's another trailer that Craig stayed away from that I watched, and it showed pretty much every kill. Yeah. And it's just like, that's so not necessary. Yeah. I mean, and, and you have to think of the audience, like Kia is a good example of someone that appreciates jump scares. I mean, they get her, and she, she really <laughs> responds to them. So if you give away, like, because I've heard the defense of like, well, they're just showing you like a quarter of the jump scares. Don't, you know, get over it. There's going to be a lot more. But I mean, if you give away like, you know, half the movie almost yeah. of the jump scares, I mean, that's like the thrill for some people yeah. is anticipating those show, moments. They also show the best jump scares. Mm. <laughs> mm. It's like, yeah. so you know how, I'm not going to spoil anything, so don't worry. You know how uh, the last Halloween movie, Halloween 2018, how that ended? Sure. And, uh, the, this trailer for the second one opens showing how Michael Myers survives and gets away. Like, I was like, oh, well, I guess you're just going to show us how. OK, I guess we don't have to go to the movies <laughs> to find out how he right. survived that. You're just going to show it all in the trailer. Like stuff like mm-hmm. that. I was just like this. I wish I had been warned. I guess I should have known better. It just uh, my my buddy was over and we were flipping through youtube i was like oh they just posted the halloween trailer like two hours ago let's watch it you know and i hit play and i was like oh well that was a mistake (laughs) well i mean i feel like that's you know going back to the fangoria you know editor or whatever um i think there's a huge wealth of difference between a magazine like fangoria that you can easily avoid i mean that's a boutique thing you have to like either subscribe to or go to barnes and noble maybe if you're lucky to find it whereas like a trailer is just omnipresent in your life. I mean, it's going to be mm-hmm. on social media timelines. Images mm-hmm. of it are going to be all over the place where you can't even mute it if you don't want to. It's going to be on television. It's going to be in front of movies that you watch. I mean, that's like really hard to avoid. So if they give away significant things and imagery, uh, you know, I think that is something worth a horror fan going, oh, I'd prefer it if they didn't do that. I just you know? don't understand how when they do trailers for TV shows, they manage to not give everything away. Mm. Is that, is that, am I oversimplifying? Maybe it's different because a trailer for a TV show has like several hours to cover as opposed to just a couple hours, maybe. I don't know. But I was just thinking of something like Walking Dead. When Walking Dead does their teaser trailers, like for this season, it's literally, or the upcoming season, and I, I know they'll release a, a longer one, but right now it's just a trailer where it's just images. 
Right, right, just right. images, and you go, I, "What's that about? What's that about?" And I know those, what you're talking about. In that campaign, yeah. I don't even think they're using actual footage from the show. I think they're yeah. showing the sets almost, like filming them, which they yeah. could totally utilize that for something like Halloween. Are you kidding me? Exactly. Like and they that, could totally just show things, and that would be like it doesn't have to be the actual meat of the movie or whatever. That, that's an interesting point. I mean, it would just be so much more badass for the for them just to play that song, have that pumpkin, right, and just go, "We'll see you in October 2021 or something." But, that's why, like, I feel like the people editing these trailers and the studio people, they're just kind of cynical. And they, I guess they believe that most audience members, it's like a, a menu for McDonald's. Like, you have to know exactly what you're getting into think, yeah. to want to want it or whatever, right? So, like, the average moviegoer, they think, needs to be shown all these moments. Or otherwise, they're going to be like, why should I go see it? You I know? think they also think we're stupid. Like, well, they yeah. do. How when you watch movies and things are over over explain like we were watching an episode of Loki and um which is the worst Marvel thing I've ever seen but anyway um <laughs> and there is a scene where these people are lining up and it's like the poor people are being left off and the rich people are able to get on the ship or whatever and this lady literally says something like they're only taking the wealthy people. What about yeah. us? I'm it like, was what? weird. It was like a high school like play or something, you know. Um yeah. Oh my gosh. Sorry. We're like the audience can't just figure that out <laughs> just by looking at a line and seeing that there are, you know, people in rags that look like refugees and like the well-to-do people are getting in. Yeah. Someone has to literally say, why are just only the rich? Just in case a blind person's watching <laughs> right. this. Right. I mean, we've been hate watching Loki, but that's another. It's just, I think that's story. suffered just because people are overwhelmingly loving it. So I think we went in yes. going, I don't really get it. Like it's yeah. not quite that Have you amazing. seen it, Jeff? No, it. I, okay. I haven't. I don't really. I'm not that interested in it. Maybe yeah. like I, I, I tried to watch the Falcon and Winter Soldier, and I just was. I just didn't care. So I, right. I never yeah. went back and finished it or anything. So, well, in all fairness to people that like Loki, the show, they probably liked the character a little bit more than Kia and I do. Like, I think yeah. it's fine, but it's not something where I'm like, oh, I'm dying to see a show about that guy. So, I mean, in all fairness, we kind of. Yeah. I'm not super into that character anyway, but. Yeah. Um, and anyway, though, like going back to the Halloween or the trailer stuff, um, I remember back when the Pet Cemetery remake came out, mm. and that was a movie I was kind of interested in, just because the Starry Eyes people were making it, and um, I kind of feel like the original Pet Cemetery movie is a bad film. If you watch it now, it's like kind of comedic unintentionally, mm -hmm. and um, so I was like, oh, this is prime. This is a good example of a movie that could be remade and be effective, and that trailer literally gives away. Everything. I mean, like it, 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 and the only twist that they changed to kind of shake it up, right? They reveal in the trailer. And I'm like, why would they do that? Mm -hmm. Why would they? That's a major twist and play on the original. Why wouldn't you leave that in the movie so that people could, you know, the buzz could get started about it and everything? I, uh, mm -hmm. when, when I lived in California, I went to a, uh, a screening of a movie. Uh, it was a comedy. Uh, it was, what's the name of that movie? Um, the campaign. The campaign, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we talked about. I think we may be re repeating a little bit of from oh. twenty eighteen, but that's okay. Like, I, I think is it's that worth the one with um... Will Ferrell? Isn't he one of yeah, them? Will yeah, Will Ferrell Zach and Zach Galifianakis. Yeah. Oh, I saw that. Okay. Yeah. And they, uh, uh, and apparently they like record the audience's reaction because they're like, okay, whatever the biggest laughs are, we're gonna put that in the trailer. So it's like all the funniest. Mm. They mm. they purposely put the funniest stuff in the trailer. So then when you see the movie, you're like, well, I saw already all the funny stuff already <laughs> before the movie came out. 
I feel like that's probably what they did with this Halloween movie. They were like, mm-hmm. that one kill got a big reaction. Let's put it in the trailer. It's right. Like they're not worrying about like, well, don't people want to like be surprised by that when the movie comes out? No, who cares? Like we got to <laughs> give it. We got to give them to buy a ticket. You know. It, it's really unfair. I know to the people cutting these trailers and everything. I can only imagine how hard it is to do with the footage they give you. And I don't know the circumstances. I'm not. I'm just a layperson, so I totally admit that. Yeah. But um, I just think of like that Alien trailer from 1979, mm-hmm. where it just it's the sound effects and it's like you see ship, like you know, like the, the how the ship looks and like little bits of you know what they discover of you know the egg and everything, but they never show you the actual alien. Mm-hmm. They they don't show you like the big moments like chestburster. I mean, like I think nowadays <laughs> the chestburster would be like the opening moment of the trailer. Yes. It would be like uh, <laughs> you know what I mean. They would give away so much stuff. I mean, imagine if Jaws if they advertised it with like uh, you know like like I feel like nowadays it would be you know he's throwing the chum in jaws pops up or the shark pops up out of the water and he's like we're gonna need a bigger boat like that would be the (laughs) opening of the trailer when in you know when you saw it in 75 that was like this big jump scare and a big moment that you know cemented Mm. everyone's memory of that movie you know and and i hate the defense too because online people are like all the i hate to say this all the people that benefit from fangoria and uh, horror publications and being professionals in the industry totally side with this. They're like, oh, get over it. You know, trailers have always revealed everything. Uh, oh, Michael Myers kills people. Big shock. Yeah, you know, people are saying stuff like that, you know, and I'm like, you guys are all bootlickers. Like, you guys are deciding <laughs> yeah. with this because you have something to profit from this. You're not horror fans in the pure sense. Like, you're trying to get a paycheck. And I, that's what... God bless us, because I think that's what's special about us is that we <laughs> just do this for fun, and we have We're no one to chills. answer. Yeah, we have no one to answer to, man. So yeah. like, mm-hmm. I'm not gonna be like, like the Fangoria editor, you know, chastising regular filmgoers for not liking spoilers and trailers. I mean, I don't mm-hmm. think it's a crazy complaint just to go. Uh, I'd prefer it <laughs> if, I mean, if they if didn't reveal so much. I mean, that's not that weird to me, but if it's yeah. magazine publications versus the fans that are watching the movie, right. I feel like the fans that are watching the movie should, should have the, the, the say, right? Because we're the ones that are watching the movie. We're just, we're giving you your money just for the sake of entertainment. Whereas the fan magazines are needing you to make money for themselves. Right. So. Well, and like, if you're yeah. someone that's not bothered by having everything given away, cause I know people that are like that, that, that enjoy watching all the spoiler stuff. And like, I had a friend back in the day that would literally buy novelizations of movies before the movie came out. He <laughs> loved reading that before mm-hmm. he saw the movie. So there are some people that it doesn't bother at all, but I feel like it's okay for them to have to seek it out to get that info versus it all just being dumped in like the official trailer that everyone's supposed to see, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you, you made a good point earlier about, um, uh, the people who edit these trailers, you know, their, their hands are tied. Cause like, I'm sure that it's, it's not their decision, like what to put it in. I'm sure like the heads of the studio are like, here's all the footage. It needs to have all of this in it, edit it together and make it look good. And like, so the people actually doing the editing aren't really probably the ones making the creative decisions on this stuff. You're, you're probably right. There's probably even a chance that they do a creative, like sophisticated trailer that's in the spirit of the alien 1979. And then the studio goes, Hey, 
the plebes aren't going to go see a movie based on that. You got you got to show them the meat. You got you got to give it to them. Yeah. So, These I people mean, are stupid. You got to show them everything. Just right. throw it all in there. Right. I mean, so I, I don't mean the pile on people that have to actually like the people that work and have to like right. put these trailers together. I can only imagine how tough it might be to do it, but the powers that be is who I'm annoyed with right. that they're like, Hey, it's always been this way. Get, deal with it. We got to get butts and seats. Cause that's what that one dude, the one uh, producer of Halloween, that Ryan, whatever his name is, um, someone oh, yeah, yeah. years ago when I complained about the pet cemetery trailer, uh, online on Twitter, this is back when I was much more active on Twitter. Uh, it, someone, what do you call it added at him or whatever so he would see it and he was like listen uh you know this we we, we gotta we gotta show them stuff th- to get them enticed to get them to get them to go to the movies mm. uh, you know and it's like i get it i get that you're worried about money but i as a fan am worried about like the creative part of it and being yeah. entertained i'm not like I care about you guys making money, but not enough to where I want, I want the whole movie spoiled for me. Like, like they, I just, you know, they speak out of both sides of their mouths. It's like movie theaters closed in their pandemic, and then it's like, oh, movie theaters are open. That's the only way to go see a movie. Our movies deserve to be seen on the big screen. Blah blah blah. But this because that's how artist, you know, it's artistic. That's how it should be done. But at the same time, you kind of reveal everything in the in the trailer to kind of. It just seems it's not. I don't know. It just seems inconsistent to be that concerned about the artistry. Right. But then you reveal everything in a trailer. Yeah, so, when it comes down to the brass tacks of yeah. making money, that's that's obviously, it's, it's, it's a business it's just, first. It's just making yeah. money. It's not about your artistry at all. Maybe some people, but at the end of the day, they just want the butts and seats, and yeah. that's it. And, that, and in all fairness, that's how they get to keep making movies and keep, Employed, so I, you know, I, I, mm-hmm. I understand it to a point, but I think to be so dismissive of the criticism is weird. Mm-hmm. Instead of coming up with a compromise of like, what's the alchemy here? You know what I mean? Yeah. How can we show enough to entice regular people, but not just destroy it for someone that really loves this stuff? You know, um, I, yeah. I feel like there's a compromise in there somewhere. There is definitely a way to cut a trailer that doesn't give everything away, that <laughs> right. doesn't give the plot line away. And you can use footage from the actual movie to, to, to make it look cool and make it look yeah. interesting and enticing without going like beat for beat. Like, here's how Michael Myers got out of that thing. And right. then, then he went to this place and then he killed this person. And then he did that. It was just like, you don't have to show the whole mm. movie in a condensed version like that. There's other ways to do it. Um, I think the biggest offender of that, in my memory, is The Age of Ultron. Because I don't know if you remember when before that movie came out, there was like I feel like there was like ten different trailers, and there were all mm. these like exclusive clips like showing right. the Hulk fighting the Hulkbuster Iron Man. And when I went to the movie theater to see it, I was so bored because I was like, I've already seen all of this. I already know really everything fair, that happens yeah. in this movie. <laughs> and, and I mean that, that's why if I know I'm going to see a movie, I pretty much avoid the trailers. Uh, you know, even for Kong versus or Godzilla versus Kong, I saw some of it, but I didn't like just overwhelmingly. Uh, you know what I mean? Like watch every little nuance and like analyze it. Cause that's a big thing now too, right? Or reaction videos and videos where you like look for every Easter egg in, in a, in a trailer. And obviously there are people that find that really fun. I, I just think that's like destroying the fun of watching the movie though. If you, and if you know so much before you go in, I mean, Oh, you know. and there is a cool part of that movie that I won't reveal in case someone hasn't seen it, that you, that you wouldn't have known about, from the trailer, they left it out, and it was only spoiled to you because Dana Gould 
oh, spoiled yeah. it on this podcast. That was so, random. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, they cut a good trailer that had some good see- scenes right. in it, but they didn't. They didn't reveal they everything. They kept some That's secrets a good point. from yeah. you. Yeah. Or it's, or it's like when we saw, um, was it Interstellar? Mm-hmm. And it's revealed that, I don't want to, there's a, another actor in the movie. Oh, a major that, actor is in that A major film. actor in the movie. And, I, and they I, hid that from us. Yeah. And, yeah. And I remember turning to you in the theater and I was like, was he in the trailer? Yeah. That's amazing. They actually yeah. kept something from us. Yeah, so, so like it can be done. It is funny that like I don't know, sometimes we are rewarded, you know, yeah. for stuff left out and you would think that would be more of a thing. It's just funny that one of the most iconic horror movie franchises of all time thinks that they have to reveal that much in a trailer. I was just going to bring up really quickly I I did put out a poll for us mm-hmm. for um do you think modern horror trailers give away too much? Yes or no? And we got uh, 27 votes. <laughs> it, I did it pretty close to recording time, so it, it didn't get that much traction. But 89% of people said yes. So <laughs> I think there are only a couple people that were like, no, it's fine. I love it. <laughs> um, and we did get some interesting responses because um, we have uh, Forrest Sanders, uh, the oh. reporter. Oh, yeah. uh, and beloved listener. Uh, it says, uh, I, I can't totally weigh in on whether Halloween Kills gives away too much, which, by the way, I didn't mention Halloween Kills. He just assumed. <laughs> um, I can't uh, reveal if it gave away too much without knowing what they've held back. But I do think the Invisible Man trailer, a film I loved, by the way, is an example of giving away too many uh, beats. Huh. It uh, gave away moments up to the last minutes. Um, which, I don't remember the trailer for that. Yeah, I don't remember it. But see, that was a movie I was sold on anyway, so I don't know that I really paid attention to trailers to it that much yeah. um, going into it. Huh. We also had uh, Memphis Mark. He said, uh, it's hard to say. I think the Halloween Kills trailer did give a lot away, but I've told myself that they may uh, be more fake-out scenes than anything else, hopefully. Hmm. So I think that's that's been another thing. People were kind of trying to convince themselves that... There's a lot more that they they've held back. So they didn't uh, hold much back from the Halloween 2018 trailer. Yeah, yeah, when I watched the Halloween 2018 trailer, I was like, man, I'm really happy I didn't see this trailer. Because I feel in. like one of the best moments of that trailer was like the the scene where he kind of pops up out of the shadows when the the friend is like walking home alone, mm. and that was in the trailer. Uh, and I thought that was done so well in the movie, and I was like, oh, that's that was that was I've seen that already. <laughs> oh, well. yeah. Yeah. I would also, I wanted to make a quick point, kind of piggybacking off uh, trailers and and movies and things. This has nothing to do with the trailers, but um, Craig and I were just talking about movie theaters and how we're not really looking to go back, even though people are, they go to the movie theaters and they cry after they haven't been there for a year and, and people are like, that's the only way to see a movie. I would make the argument that the the best way to see a horror movie is at home because you're 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 in the right environment to be scared, right? So at a movie theater it's not scary because you're surrounded by people, you walk out into this big bright lobby and everything's fine. But at home it's dark if you watch it at night. Um and you're going to sleep. So your lights are off. You got to walk through that dark you hallway. You got to walk through the hallway. Is the killer outside your house? I feel like a, a hor- the, the house is the best place to watch a horror movie. I mean. For sure. I feel like it's the best place just because I don't have to deal with people. <laughs> so, like, well, yeah, the, but I'm the talking. The other elements don't really matter know, that much to people, me. But I get what you're saying. When yeah. these movie maker people 
are saying the theater is how you're supposed to watch a movie, blah, blah, blah. I would argue that the house is how you should watch a scary movie because what, I mean, you, this, your house should be the safest place, but at the same time, your house can be the scariest place because it's at night, you might be home alone. Yeah. You hear noises outside your house and, you know, I don't know. I just thought there was a revelation that came to me <laughs> and I'm sharing it with, with their listeners. Mm-hmm. I could see it. I could see it. I'm, I'm in no hurry to go back to movie theaters. And yeah. honestly, with even as excited as I am for a new Halloween movie, I'm kind of okay waiting until December or January or whatever to watch it. Yeah. And I don't feel the need super uh, cut to Halloween day. I might be like, <laughs> Jeff, come on, you know, and we'll just have that typical experience where we're like, why were people still talking? It's literally Halloween day, you know, but I'm still yeah. traumatized from the last 2018 <laughs> Halloween. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, just bad memory. On every episode of the Half-Ass Horrorcast, we do a segment called What's Making Us Scared, in which we, the Half-Ass Horrorcast kids, tell you what we're interested in this episode concerning the, ha- the horror community. And uh, I'll, I'll lead us off because mine's very easy. I uh, mentioned earlier Memphis Mark. He's he's a longtime listener and a horror writer himself. He's published in uh, several different avenues. And uh, he started his own podcast, Solo, yeah. and it's called Midnight Social Distortion. <laughs> and uh, it's obviously horror-centric, but uh, he has other interests with, like, television and stuff like that. So he kind of draws in other things. Uh, he's already three or four episodes in, so he's he's off to a like a weekly run or whatever. And, uh, he, he started going into gossip girl and stuff like that. And I'm like, Oh, I don't really know about this, but the, the horror stuff is really thorough and thoughtful and everything. So it's a, it's a cool listen. So if you're interested and want something different within the horror genre, check him out. He's available on all podcasting platforms, social midnight distortion. Is he, is he a fan of gossip girl? Oh yeah. I was, yeah, oh, okay. Yeah. No, he. I think he likes a lot of the CW type shows yeah. and stuff like that. He had a in one of his episodes that I really liked. He detailed how he thought um, Nightmare on Elm Street and uh, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre and Friday Thirteenth. They they could all have franchise franchise extensions on CW, doing mm-hmm. shows that kind of like tie into those movies that are like prequels or yeah. like offshoot sequels that kind of like detail origins of characters and stuff like that. And he like really went in deep oh, yeah. of how he would do it and everything. The, it was CW, the CW show could be called just Elm Street. Yeah. I, I think yeah. Uh, that's what he, one of his was like Camp <laughs> Crystal Lake, you know, and it yeah. kind of goes into Pamela Voorhees and yeah. how, uh, you know, who the dad is of Jason and how she uh, got into witchcraft and all this stuff. That would and, be, I'm surprised they haven't tried to do something like that instead of just, you know, remaking right. them or something that would be kind of, mm-hmm. Yeah. Hit up Mark, the powers that be. <laughs> Instead of worrying about trailers, they should be uh, sniffing out Mark for his ideas. Uh. So check him out. Midnight Social Distortion by Mark O. Estes. Yes. Jeff, what's making you scared? What's making me scared is I can't find this NECA Frankenstein action figure that I've been on the <laughs> extreme hunt for lately. Apparently, uh, it's like a Walmart exclusive, and I've been to at least one Walmart every day for the last, like, 
month <laughs> looking for this thing. <laughs> and I went to four Walmarts yesterday looking for it. I've been to two today. Uh, and I check back at the same ones all over and over. I go on my lunch break and I look for it at the one near <laughs> where I work. And then sometimes when I get off work, I go, I'll stop by Walmart on the way home and see if I can yeah. see it there. And it's just, it's driving me crazy because every day I'll check Facebook and I'm in this Universal Monsters Facebook group. And every day, like tons of people are posting pictures like, oh, look what I found at Walmart today. And like, <laughs> You guys probably weren't even looking for it. You probably just ran across it like, oh, look what I found. And then right. here I am, like, I, I've even got eyes out in other cities, like, hey, if you see this figure, buy it and then mail it to me and I'll I'll pay you back, you know. You know, my friend uh, Ryan went to, like, I think he went he went to, like, two or three Walmarts the other day looking for this thing and uh, couldn't find it either. And so I'm just like, man, like, even in, it, got Connecticut looking and <laughs> in Nashville mm. and so... I'm the same way. I've seen it on social media and everything, and, and people make it sound like it's like easy to come by. And yeah. I don't know what the is it what Godzilla the issue is. versus Kong eleven inches? No, he's, it's a Frankenstein. Oh, Frankenstein! I thought you said I thought I thought you said Mecha Godzilla. Sometimes you hear what you want to hear. My love. <laughs> no, it no he it is, it is Neca. You're right. Like, but oh, it's, the, a, the, it's a Frankenstein the, the Frank- figure. I yeah. gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's it looks so cool and i've seen like youtube huh. videos where people are uh reviewing it and i'm just i just want this thing so bad and i think like the longer i go without finding it the more kind of like desperate i feel where i'm like am i gonna miss it am i never gonna <laughs> find this thing am i have to pay like yeah. 70 dollars on ebay right for have you tried like like uh ebay because i'm sure someone's gonna buy it and then sell it on ebay for yes, that's what he was I just talking just about oh. yeah the oh what am i i'm sorry <laughs> i think the audio is a little <laughs> jacked up so uh, yeah might be hard to okay. hear. Yeah, the uh, like I said, like yeah, I check on eBay and there's like, I can't find it for less than like sixty bucks on eBay. And it, you know, if you buy it new, mm. and I just know if I buy it on eBay, the next day I'll find it at Walmart. And I'm like, nah. right, you know, mm-hmm. I just paid twice what this thing is worth. Uh, but then I told a friend of mine about that, and he was like, well, just go ahead and buy it on eBay, and then if if you find one at Walmart later buy the one at Walmart and then sell it on eBay. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. oh, that's not a terrible Smart. idea, actually. But then it's so many extra steps. But I guess yeah. at least the stress will be gone, you know? Yeah. Yeah, he's been going to like a thousand Walmarts. <laughs> that's true. Every day for the you, past month. You could argue month. that like time is money, right? True. Yeah. <laughs> at, at a certain point, pulling the trigger for 70 bucks versus <laughs> going every day looking yeah. for it. And I just I just yeah. hope it's not like this for all of them because I want to get the all of the NECA Universal Monster figures. I want to, like the new Wolfman looks amazing. Yeah, I showed you an image of that one, Kia, the, mm, the Wolfman, because yeah. it has the Larry Talbot switch out head, which yeah. I thought was just genius. I don't know why it never occurred to me so that they could do that. that's just at Walmart? I th- I think that there will be other like there's a black and white version that I think will be a little bit that's cool. like maybe at comic book shops and stuff like that. But supposedly the color version right is Walmart exclusive. As far like as the, I know, where they're yeah yeah because I know like I, you can already pre-order the black and white version on like Entertainment Earth mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But like the 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 color version is the one that's only at Walmart for some reason. Yeah, almost. I wish it was the other way around because I don't really care about the black and white version. <laughs> Did you try the Walmart in Gallatin? Oh yeah, went there yesterday. Oh. <laughs> yeah, he's 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 on it. So I went to the one. To... I went to the one in Gallatin, Hendersonville, Hermitage, and the one uh, off of like Whitebridge Road, like that area. You should go to like a Walmart that's in a more rural. 
Oh, I went to the one in White House on Friday. Oh. It might be a Tennessee distribution <laughs> thing or something, be. maybe. Maybe might middle Tennessee is just not getting it. Might have to go to Kentucky. Oh, yeah. Road trip. Yeah, I mean. If, if I knew for a fact they had one in Kentucky, I would make that trip. Maybe, mm. maybe I should just call. But the thing is, like, the employees don't mean, know the difference in the figures because I asked a guy at one Walmart because I was going to – I don't want to be that guy that's like, can you check in the back? But I talked mm. to this guy. I was like, I'm looking for this <laughs> Frankenstein figure. He's like, oh, we have it over here. And he, he's like, I saw it the other day. And he starts looking through the Mego figures. And I was like, no, that's not the one I'm, I'm talking about. <laughs> you just you know? slapped him. <laughs> but, um, but at this point, the money you would be spending on gas money, you might as well get it on eBay. That's true. If you're that's gonna, a good point. If you might drive to Kentucky. But also, I mean, Jeff has a, you know, a collector's mentality and the hunt is part of it, too. Yeah. So it's kind of like when you pull the trigger on eBay, that's like a last rung resort but you have of, to do you know. what you have to do oh look at kia kia being an enabler <laughs> over here i'm not being i'm being a supporter <laughs> i i went i i was googling it and i tried to find it but i was looking for the mecha godzilla because i was about to, i was like there's two in stock jeff go now but <laughs> he, he it would was go the and mecha like, frankenstein oh. I got you. Yeah, the, yeah, he would have gone and he would have been really upset. <laughs> There'd be a knock at the door, <laughs> then a punch. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> It'd be me, though. I would answer it. Oh. <laughs> That's for Kia. Here's your Mecha Godzilla. And I thought, <laughs> he just throws it on my body. <laughs> but yeah, you're right. It is, it's definitely like, I, you know, I like, the, I like hunting for these things. But at, at the same time, like, I've got to the point with the, at this where I'm like, I'm sick of hunting for this. I think I might just mm. throw in the towel mm. and be like, screw it. I'll just buy it on eBay. And, but again, I know the second I do that, I will, I'll fight like, Oh, there's 10 of them at Walmart down the street from my house. Now I'm like, Oh, great. <laughs> They'll be like throwing them out in the dumpster. Like nobody's buying these yeah. things. It's like <laughs> cartons. <laughs> like, oh, glad I paid $80 for that. <laughs> Notice how the, the price, the price keeps going up every time I mention it. <laughs> I had to pay $160 <laughs> for an opened one. <laughs> so NECA Frankenstein, if you guys have the hookup, contact Jeff or me and we'll make it happen. Yeah. yeah. What if that happens? What if someone listens, they go to Walmart, they find it and then they ship it then, or I don't know. They contact, they contact us yeah. and it's like, I have one for you. That could happen. That'd Wouldn't be that be cool. amazing? Yeah, Stranger like, things have happened. I will, uh, I will Venmo you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, if you do find it, listeners, if you find it, contact the Half-Ass Horrorcast. Yes, at H-A Horrorcast on Twitter. That would be amazing. Yes. So. You would make three middle-aged people very happy. <laughs> Watch, by the three. <laughs> what, Jeff? By the time we uh, post this, I've like already found it, and like six yeah. people are like, "We got one." I'm like, "Oh, uh. I've been looking all day for this. I went to seven locations because I love Jeff." <laughs> Be like, uh, "You better pay me oh, back." Okay, send it. Oh yeah. no! With interest, right, guys? Yeah. Um. Hey everyone, this is Jeff, and this is about four days after we recorded the podcast. Um, just wanted to let everyone know that I was able to find the NECA Frankenstein action figures, so no need to help me out with the search anymore. Uh, but if that's something you were planning on doing, I really appreciate it. Uh, but no need to do it now. So just wanted to let you guys know. Thanks. So Kia, what, do you have anything making I you do. scared? 
Um, I tend to recommend books before I read them, which usually works out well. I did recommend a book by the author Baby Teeth, I think, called Wonderland. I think Mm. I brought it up, and I was underwhelmed by it. So I was thinking maybe I should recommend books after I read them, but I'm going to go ahead and take another chance and recommend Mm. a book that I'm reading right now. Mm. Um, And it's it's called Goblin by Josh Mallerman, who who wrote Bird, Bird Box. Right. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, Bird Box. Um, oh. So di- I didn't read Bird Box, but I like the I like the, the movie um, well enough. And I saw Goblin in the bookstore and had, it had a really cool covering. It kind of looked like an old VHS cover kind of to me. Mm. Um, and basically it's a novel that's told in six novellas. Ooh. Sorry, I knocked a my no- drink over. Oh, oh no. <laughs> it's a novel told in six novellas all kind of focused on this creepy town called Goblin. So I've just started it. I, I am liking it so far. So I'm going to go ahead and put out that recommendation. So How deep are you in? Like, um, maybe 50 pages. 50, okay. Well, 50 pages, that's a decent <laughs> sampling. I thought you were going to be like eight pages. So it's like, uh, no. I highly recommend this series. <laughs> okay, so that's, so, yeah. that's Goblin by who? Josh Mallerman. Josh Mallerman of Bird Box fame. Mm-hmm. Goblin. Check it out. Yes. Well, it's now my oh, turn. Oh, yeah. What are you going to pick? My turn to select the movie. Hmm. And I'm going to keep going with, uh, I'm picking movies before 1980. Okay. But also, I liked, uh, Jeff picked a summer movie. It kind of mm-hmm. fit the, the season and everything. I thought mm-hmm. that was kind of cool. I'm going to keep that going. Oh. A nice July f- film. Piranha, 1978, by Joe Dante. It is uh, available on Amazon Prime. Nice. And we will get to see Dick Miller, Kevin McCarthy, some fun Joe Dante players in their primes. Jeff? No, I saw the remake that had Jerry O'Connell in it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I've seen the remake, too. I thought it was fine. Piranha, I think, is one of those movies that we must have rented when I was a kid, back when we would rent a lot of horror movies. Mm. Um, so I think it's one of my, my early, oh. my early ones. So it'll have the, the synapses will be firing baby oh, Kia's yeah. memories. And I'll be like, no, no piranhas. No. <laughs> 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 All right. So check it out. Piranha coming in July from the half-ass horror cast. Thank you for listening. Thank you. We love you all. Good night. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Half-Assed Horrorcast. You can find us on Instagram at Half-Assed Horrorcast, Facebook at Half-Assed Horror, Twitter at H-A Horrorcast, and you can send us an email at Horrorcast at gmail.com or visit our website, halfassedhorrorcast.com. Horrorcast.com.